I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Cantobite Dispatch. Today, I'm Brittany, and joining me today, and always, is my friend, Emily Lind. Hi, Emily. Hi, Brittany. How are you? Um, I'm trying not to move because I am in a lot of pain. I, I screwed up like my rib cage from coughing too much, and so if I breathe wrong or move slightly... Then it hurts a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll try hard to be really not funny today. Yeah, yeah. Don't make me laugh. Okay. I'll try. <laughs> Dang it, I already failed. But seriously, it's like I turned 34 and my my body just went, ah, you're old now. Go fuck yourself. You're going to hurt yourself from having a cold. Oh, that's awful. But you did have a birthday recently. So happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you. And thank you for the adorable porg that you sent me. <laughs> Anytime. Brittany sent me a very cute little porg, and her name is Grumps because she is one of the porgs with like the big frowny face. So she looks really grumpy. So she is Grumps the porg, and I love her very much. Yay. I'm glad that you love her. Yeah. And my mom sent me a bunch of Star Wars stuff. She sent me like the softest pajama bottoms ever. They're all fleecy, and they say Star Wars on them. And she got she found a, a imperial symbol bath towel, which is amazing, and a BB-8 water bottle, which I have at my desk right now to drink while I podcast, and an adorable little uh, like picture book called Five Minute Villain Stories, because even my mom knows that the villains are my favorite. <laughs> I love your mom already. That's awesome. Oh my god. She knows. Have you read any of the stories yet? No, but I looked at the pictures and they're really like the illustrations are really cute. Aww, yay. Yeah, we'll have to do a book review on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad that you had a good birthday. I'm glad that part one of your birthday present came. So I'm excited for part two to come. Oh my god, part two. That's exciting. I know. It should be coming any day now because Amazon's stupid and decided not to ship it. So, <laughs> Oh, and uh, there was a Steel Wars call-in show on Friday, which was my birthday. And when I was when I was about to hang up the call, Haas said happy birthday to me. And then Steel 
got everybody who is on hold to sing me happy birthday. And if you are a Patreon to Steel Wars, you can hear that in the bonus section. And it is pretty incredible. (laughs) Do you know what's really shitty about that, though, is that I hung up like two minutes before they did that. Oh, that's a shame. I would have been like, ah, I would have been like, happy birthday. (laughs) I would have. I mean, it was so funny because, you know, because there's always like a, like a teeny bit of a delay on that. (laughs) So, so like everybody was at a different point in the song. (laughs) It was, it was really something. We need to do that more often. There, there need to, there needs to be more birthdays on the Steel Wars call-in show just, (laughs) just for that or just. Oh, maybe they should all sing Yub Dub during uh, Christmas time if Steel decides oh to God. have like a Christmas uh, call-in show and people yes, just sing. We should Yub have Yub. a Yub Nub sing along. <laughs> oh man! Oh, you got a new pork too, didn't you? Okay, okay, yeah, I did, but it's shipping right now. So I got a porg from the Build a Bear website mainly because I do not want to walk into a Build a Bear and buy a stuffed animal and there, there's like a whole process that you do when you go to build a bear well yeah you you build your bear yeah but it gets like really weird like for if if an adult walked in and wanted to get a bear like they make you do this like thing it's like all right you're gonna grab a heart and then you're gonna kiss it and then you're gonna put it inside the bear and then they put the the stuffing in it and basically it becomes a bear and i wanted to just avoid that with the porg so i just <laughs> bought it online because a 22-year-old woman walking into a Build-A-Bear just because she wants to stuff it. By herself. Yeah, yeah, by herself. But yeah, it's it's coming in the mail. Same with my other two porgs. That'd be funny if they all like came in at once. You Wait, you bought... How many <laughs> porgs are you going to have total when these come? Seven. Okay, so you have... You have pineapple, you have Canadian bacon, you have pizza, you have Dave Filoni. Yeah, that's it for now. And then okay. the two others are shipping. And then the third one, or the third one's coming in the mail. I think I'm going to name that okay. one Dave Filoni. No, actually, no, we already have Dave Filoni. Yeah, I, I was going to say, what? I think I'm going to name that one Ezra Bridger. Why are you naming them after things you don't like? So that I start liking them more. Or you just learn to resent your porgs. No, I love my children. I love all of them the same. Like, I love Dave. Like, even though he takes up a lot of room in my bed, he's he's still a great porg. Yeah, every time Rusty sees me in my room, like, in my blankets, you know, watching videos on my iPad, he, like, grabs all my porgs and, like, puts them, like, on top of me. <laughs> and it was funny. You have a porg problem? I do, but at least I admit it. Like... I'm going to Disney World in two weeks, so uh, hopefully that I don't find any porgs there. Because if I do, then I'm gonna have to get a new luggage bag because I'll have full of porgs. I can't wait till the movie comes out and you hate the porgs. <laughs> I'm gonna hate myself so much if that happens. <laughs> you got like I was, because I went really in on Krennic before Rogue One actually came out. Like I'd already gotten like the, you know, like I'd spent 80 bucks on the Imperial Lego shuttle thing. I'd gotten a couple other things. And and like right before the movie actually started, I'm like, oh man, this could go really badly. (laughs) And it did. No, I'm kidding. It didn't go that bad. I mean, like, no, I fucking loved him in that movie. I just wish there had been more of him. Yeah, me too. 
I would have enjoyed more Mendo. But speaking of Star Wars, we we actually got some news this week. Finally. Some really fucking exciting news. And a, like some, I would say, <clears throat> out of the nowhere surprising news. I know. Like I, I woke up from a nap on a Thursday afternoon and I saw on Twitter that uh, Steele had tagged Ryan Johnson in something, like a congratulations post or something. Then I clicked on, like, because you know how you can, like, quote someone's tweet? So I clicked on the tweet, and that's when I found out that uh, Ryan Johnson's creating a new Star Wars trilogy outside of the Skywalker story. And that's the thing that I didn't realize at first. At first, I was like, oh, okay, Ryan Johnson's creating the next Star Wars trilogy. Cool. But then I read more into it. And I saw that he's creating like a brand, brand new trilogy, like outside of the Skywalker story and into something we've never seen before. So I was happily surprised. Like, that's so random that they would announce that now. Like, I at least would think that they would wait until like closer to the movie starting but maybe it was like about to be leaked so they were like hey guys so this is what's going on yeah it might have it might have just been to get on top of that but it's very exciting i i'm with you at first i thought it was going to be he was doing 10 11 12 but this this is so cool that he's doing something new and it sounds like he's gonna have a lot of freedom to to really like put his stamp on on a on a part of star wars universe that we haven't encountered before gosh he must have done a really good job with last jedi that kathleen and the rest of the lucasfilm crew were like this is it this is the guy we want yeah that's what's really crazy is i mean the movie's not even out yet so you don't have any sort of audience reaction to it you don't have the audience clamoring like this is exactly what we want more of so so yeah they must have a lot of faith in this movie yeah it must be like really good it makes me more looking forward to this movie and less looking forward to seeing all the damn ass trailers on tv like there's just so many no more trailers no more just so many like just stop we get it like we're so excited for this movie like i don't want to see anything else more like obviously you know i i saw the little 10 second little teaser thing but it's like I, I i don't want this like i i'm not asking for this like please no yeah and i know like i know yeah the trailers aren't for us therefore the people who don't already have like tickets to see star wars on three different nights or whatever but for me like i just i don't want to i see anything else i don't even care if it's like one second shot of a character yeah, I just want to know as little as possible. Uh, that's it. Like, I already know enough about this film. And, you know, I'm excited for it. And I understand, like, they're getting these trailers out so people can see it. Like, avid television watchers can, you know, flip the channel and see a Star Wars trailer and be like, oh, that movie's coming out. I should go see a Star Wars soon. Then they get their tickets and then, boom, Disney has more money because apparently they don't have enough. Yeah. I What I thought was interesting was... When when the Ryan news dropped, that's what everybody was talking about. And then I went into the Vanity Fair. I think it was Vanity yeah. Fair. It might have been a Variety or something article about it. And they're like, oh, 
blah, 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 Ryan Johnson trilogy, and then something, 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 and 2019 live action TV show. And I'm just like, uh, uh, wait, what? Because <laughs> I hadn't heard anybody. I hadn't seen any of that on Twitter. I had just seen the Ryan Johnson thing. Yeah, so I guess uh, Bob Iger, who he's the Walt Disney Company chairman and CEO, he confirmed um, while on a quarterly earnings call with investors or something that there's going to be a live action Star Wars series coming to Disney's digital streaming service that's coming in like 2019. So that was a surprise. Like he just nonchalantly was like, oh, yeah, here, by the way, this is happening. But it was funny because he shared like there's like going to be like a Monsters, Inc., like a little TV show or something. And then they're putting High School Musical on this. And they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're doing this little Star Wars live action thing. It's coming in 2019. Like that was it. So, of course, the Internet went crazy, including I went like silently crazy because I don't really tweet a lot about my emotions on Twitter. I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to do that more often, like just so like our listeners like know like what I'm thinking at all times, because obviously that's why they listen. No kidding. But I'm just trying to, you know, be more talkative because I'm very shy on Twitter. Like I'm trying to get out of my like Twitter shyness. Oh, I I do not have that problem. (laughs) (laughs) One thing that, yeah, I know I was excited about is that. I remember I first got into Star Wars when I was like 10 and that was when actually I was nine I think that was like right before Return or Revenge of the Jedi came out I can't speak but I saw Revenge you just called it Revenge of the Jedi by the way fucking damn it Revenge of the Sith Revenge of the Sith came out and I thought that this was like the end of the saga. Like this was the final piece and that I'm never going to see another Star Wars movie in the theaters. And I am so happy that I was so wrong about that, that I get to spend, you know, the rest of my adult years and, you know, years beyond that, like seeing Star Wars movies. Like if I have kids one day, like I'm going to take them and take your take them and fuck. I'm going to say this again. I'm going to have kids one day and I take them to see the movies. You know what? I, I hate myself. Hate. You get okay. it. You deep get breath, it. Deep breath. Pause. Then you can say it, and then you can edit it out. I don't out. even know if I want to edit this out at this point. Like this is just a masterpiece of my word fucking upping. But okay, Brittany wants to be able to take her kids to see Star Wars someday, and is very excited that she'll have that opportunity. I think that just coming out of my mouth because, like, right now, I just like really don't want to have kids, but I know I'm probably going to change my mind and like. Three or four years, but maybe that's just another sign. You could take one of your (laughs) Maybe that's just another sign that I shouldn't have children. I can't even, you know, make sentences having to do with children. But yeah, maybe I'll take my porgs at, you know, I'm really excited to, you know, take my porgs and go see the future Star Wars movies. Like, I could see that. Look, I can say that easily, but what do you think? I mean, for me, I'm, I'm super excited about Ryan Johnson. But I am so excited about the television show because I'm when it comes to like my broader fandoms, I'm much more into TV than I'm into movies just because the longer format storytelling that you get with television where you can be watching something, you know, like 10 or 12 episodes for five or six seasons and you get like really in depth into characters and and that's the stuff I really love. Um, so I am 
fascinated by the stuff you could do with Star Wars. There's so much you could. And, you know, this is something we were talking about is, of course, what a Star Wars TV show would be. And we can we'll get into that later. But a lot of people were showing concerns about, you know, like how much money they're going to put into it because it has to it has to look like Star Wars. And I think that's possible. You just have to be careful of what stories you're telling. Like you're probably not going to be telling a story that takes place over a bunch of different planets, but you could do something like, um, like Battlestar Galactica did where almost all of your action is taking place on a ship. So you have one or two really good sets and that's where most of your story takes place. And I think that is very doable in Star Wars in a couple of different ways. I definitely was one of the people that worried about, you know, the the money issues and, you know, making it look like Star Wars. But another issue that I had with the live action television show is the storytelling element because I see something like Star Wars Rebels and basically how they're trying to storytell with that. And I feel like they kind of failed, you know, making these characters and the character development. But I feel like with Clone Wars, it was a little more successful because we knew these characters beforehand. Like we knew who Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi were. But going into this show, I'm interested to see like if they're going to incorporate new and old characters or just go strictly to new characters because that's a little risky because you know, going back to Rebels, like no one really knew these characters. And when they brought in Darth Vader, that's when a lot of people, you know, kind of got in was like, okay, I'm in, especially Ahsoka too. So I'm interested to see what they're going to do with that and see what characters they're going to incorporate or what planets even to interest the audience. Yeah, I think, and this is something I was thinking about is even though I'm somebody who's who, and I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, is somebody who wants Star Wars to get away from you know the same time period that they've they've been really mired in is i feel like maybe for your first live action tv show especially since you're pegging it to the launch of this streaming service that you're trying to compete with things like like netflix and amazon prime with is that you pick a familiar time period so maybe you're only drawing in a couple of old characters but you give you give viewers something familiar to grab onto so maybe maybe it is actually set closer in time to to rebels or a new hope or in that really familiar area even if it's not going to be characters that we already know yeah i don't know and it makes me think of the audience or what an audience wants to see because I haven't seen one concrete answer of what people want in this TV show, which is interesting because we have a concrete answer of what we think or not really a concrete answer, but like a really popular answer of what they, what people want Ryan Johnson's trilogy to be about. And that's basically, you know, the creation and the very, very beginning of the Jedi because it's something that we haven't seen before, I think, and I know because we see in the Knights of the Republic games 
basically just kind of like the first couple thousand of years of the Jedi. But we've never seen like the very beginning, like the first Jedi. Like we don't really know who that is or what that is and how the Jedi were created and how, you know, they multiplied and how people realized that they had these powers. So I want to see that. And either they're going to do that in the series or in the movies. But what do you think? I think it's probably more of a movie idea than a TV show idea, if only for for budgetary reasons. But I think that's a solid guess on Ryan Johnson's. Like, I mean, we so far we know nothing. And that's that's an idea I would be I'd be happy to see him explore. But I also just I'm excited for anything that Ryan Johnson does at this point. I know. I'm I'm like way more confident in The Last Jedi now. Even though I still I was before this, but shit. Now it makes total sense why he didn't want to direct episode nine because of everything he was going going to do with, you know, this new trilogy and everything. And I wonder when he found out or how long ago he did. Like I wonder I don't know. Like when do you think he found this out that they were like, Hey, guess what, Ryan? You're gonna do this. <laughs> yeah. I wonder I wonder if that was I mean it's such a big thing to be handed especially when it's not just you're continuing this other story but we're giving you your own story I mean it's 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 fucking crazy I know I still can't believe how random this was that they just released this too like I always say that this the crazy shit always happens when I'm like taking a nap like I take a nap and then I wake up and then it's like the world's on fire or something because I swear like I think I I woke up from a nap to find out that the the directors of the Han Solo movie were fired and then I woke up to oh either oh no it was when uh Colin Ferraro or whatever his name was was fired Trevorrow Trevorrow. see I don't even know his name I I honestly I sort of completely forgot that he existed (laughs) I I feel like that too with him and um Philip Lord and Chris Miller. I'm totally butchering their names too. But I for the longest time I didn't know that there were two directors for the Han Solo film. Like I thought like Lord and Miller. I don't I don't know what I thought. I just thought okay, like one guy's doing it cuz I saw like that first set picture and like obviously the two directors were there, but I was thinking that like one of them was in the film and one of them was the actual director, but I just didn't care. <laughs> oh, I'm such a great fan. But yeah, we're going to dive into some thoughts on what the new TV series is going to be on. And I'm really excited because I know Emily has some pretty killer ideas because it's Emily and she's the greatest writer and fan fiction writer I know. So I can't wait to hear this. I have my invisible bag of popcorn ready and let's hear it. Director Lindo. (laughs) Okay. So like I was talking about, just a little bit ago my my thoughts are of this movie are it's going to be pegged to a time period we're already familiar with so i'm thinking like somewhere between rebels and a new hope is where my thoughts are on this one and keep in mind i haven't watched rebels so if there's some like timeline discrepancies here don't tell me i don't care um (laughs) but it's basically 
what I would really want from a Star Wars TV show, not what I think we're going to get. What I would really want is a really <clears throat> intense, character-driven, political spy thriller. Hell yeah. So it's taken, it's taken some ideas from the movie The Departed, which if you haven't seen it, it's the police and the organized crime and they each have a spy in each other's organization. Which is my base idea for this is you're following the rebel base and you're also following an imperial ship, um, like a big star destroyer or something. An important ship, but not necessarily one that we've seen before. And you have two people who you're who you're really following at first, sort of in their 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 first days at their respective places. So you're following this recently promoted female Imperial officer as she is being transferred to a new ship. And you also have a rebel who's being introduced to the base. I have here in parentheses, because I was sort of going back and forth on this, that the rebel might actually be an Imperial agent who defected. But the show starts out you have Mon Mothma on the base, maybe with Space Jimmy Smith. Um, not he wouldn't be like a major character on the show. And Mothma, I have more like thinking of her as a supporting character. But they're talking about how they have this spy that they've newly placed who they're worried about with the Imperials, and then you also have their equivalent on the Imperial ship. So like. Uh, a, a general or whoever the leader of the ship is who, who's talking to his second in command about this rebel who they've converted. And it's very, it's being talked about in very vague terms. Um, Cause obviously it's something they don't want many details out about at all. And then while that's going on, you're intercutting to the, the Imperial officer and the new rebel being shown around the ship and the base, respectively. So, you know, you're just sort of, that would be your pilot episode, sort of a way to introduce all of your characters and your themes is because as they're meeting everybody, we're also meeting everybody. And the person you have leading the rebel around is um, this second-in-command of Mon Mothma, who is also going to be one of your major characters. And obviously, as they're doing this whole thing, the idea is that this new rebel and this newly promoted Imperial officer are your spies. Because that's that's how the intercuts are going. That's all you're showing. So you're going to have that. You're also going to have, while it's going on... Sorry, it's very complicated. My pitch is a little bit muddy, I know. But you're going to be seeing throughout the episodes flashbacks of how they were both recruited. So, so you're just doing that. And then your first episode ends, which is they are both sending communiques back to their, you know, like their spy handlers, like the Imperial woman is sending a message back to Mothma. But then the twist at the end is the new rebel who you've been following this whole time thinking, oh, they must be the spy is not actually the spy. Because you see them, like, my idea was this was an Imperial who the 
Imperials approached to become a spy into the rebel base, but instead they just like this rebel just, I mean, this Imperial officer just decided to read, leave and join the rebels for real. So the, spy in the rebels is actually going to be Mon Mothma's second in command, the one who was showing them around the whole time. Oh my god. So that's the that's the end of the pilot and then from there you have cuz then you can do both weekly, you know, like imperial and rebel stories while you have this overarching story of the organizations finding out that there are these spies that they're dealing with and trying to figure out like who it is and all that stuff. So you can have stories of the week while you have this big overall storyline. I'm like really interested in the story now to the point where like each week I want you to like give me like, all right, what's episode two? What's episode three? Like I, I want to know like what happens to these characters. Did you like just sit down and come up with this or did this take like days for you to be like, okay, so this is what I want to happen or did you just know? The um the departed like the spy versus spy thing is something that I've had back in my mind of like one of the stories I've always wanted in Star Wars, but but the details sort of came together pretty rapidly. And at first, I was thinking like no, like the very first characters you follow, the rebel and the imperial were going to be the spies. But I thought making the spy within the rebels somebody else would be a fun little like cliffhanger for your first episode. And I liked the idea of it being somebody close to somebody important. And I feel like Mon Mothma is a known character, but we don't we haven't seen her so much that would be unreasonable for her to be on a TV show. But obviously she's Mon Mothma. She can't be your spy. So like her, I feel like it being her trusted second would be really cool. And then, of course, because they're a spy that you know at some point they get found out so that's why you know you never see them in the movies oh my god that's that's amazing so are there going to be like any romances in this um i mean maybe i haven't i haven't gone that far mostly because i don't i don't have the characters like fleshed out enough yet in my head the the imperial officer who is really working for the rebellion is definitely a woman. I'm a little less sure who the new rebel is. Like I don't have an idea of that character yet, but yeah, I mean, it's a TV show, probably a little bit of romance. Please. What if like they like, they like meet and they're like they're enemies, but then like they like, they have like a romance and then it's like, they <laughs> did it. It's like, it's going to be like the season three finale where like they finally like make out and everyone's like, yeah, they did it. Or at least me, because that, that shit excites the fuck out of me. So, but yes, big story does too, but damn, like. I'm like invested in the story right now. I wish I were for Lucasfilm so I can say, Emily, you're hired. You're hired, Emily. Yeah. But what I really like is you can get some cool like Imperial characters and really and really get into them because it's a TV show. Yeah. So they don't just have to be like stock villains. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I fucking love, obviously, I love Krennic and I love Tarkin. But if you can spend more time with these people, it can be a little bit like I felt when I was reading Inferno Squad, which is you really you really see that they're not just like mustache twirling cartoon villains. They actually have have values and beliefs that are driving them. And so I think you can do some really cool stuff there. 
I swear, like next week, like I'm asking you for episode two. Like you get, you better have episode two planned out. But oh my god! So is there going to be like a little comedy in this, or is this going to be like fully like serious, or like you're, are you going to have um, that one character that just kind of like fucks up sometimes? It's not going to have a Jar Jar where where or I guess I guess Ezra where they do clumsy shit that turns out to save the day. But I think, no, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to have humor. I think you have to have humor, especially if you have a fairly dark premise. You need, you need something funny to, to lighten it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go slapsticky with it, but you know, I think um, you can have like a really, um, maybe this be either, this is either like whoever the head of the, um, of the Star Destroyer is or else maybe Mon Mothma's second in command, like a really like dry, sarcastic sense of humor. Because I, I kind of I like the idea of even though you're gonna hate this person because you know they're spying on the rebellion and they've earned Mon Mothma's trust and are gonna betray it. I like them being charming and a character you're you're really gonna want to watch. Because you can't, ju- it can't just be hateable. Like it has to be a character you love to hate. Yeah, a character that you just enjoy seeing on screen, and they fuck up. You're like, why'd you fuck up? I believed in you, but then like they like pick themselves back up, and you're like cheering. You're like watching. You have your glass of wine, and you're crying as they, you know, pick themselves up and they do something really great. But oh wow, that makes my pitch look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe maybe this can maybe some of this can be um the basis for the the fanfic for the 25th episode. Oh my god. Yes. But I'm going to share my uh pitch. Yeah, I'm quick. excited. So I was thinking something really no it's so bad that rusty like was like Brittany, do you want me to help you i'm like no i want this soul <laughs> i want this solely by myself like i i do not plagiarize like i'm a pretty honest person like i'm that person when i write essays about like a book or about like an article i like do not want to even think about plagiarizing or accidentally plagiarizing like i like look up like if i like find like a quote and i kind of want to like you know, include it. Like I just look up, you know, cinnamons or cinnamon, fuck words anyway. But no, I just, I really don't, I really want it to be on my own. So basically this is between episodes six and seven and it's in the eyes of an empire slash imperial member, first order member. And they they're like really balls deep in the empire or the resistance or not resistance the first order because I was gonna do it like like kind of like before the battle of uh, Jakku but then I realized that there was a total book about that so I'm thinking that this is like the very beginning of like the the first order oh nice. and you know it's just starting and the main character she's she's a girl. And she's, you know, really into the First Order, you know, really confident. And then there's, like, this space battle. And she crashes. Like, she's known for being a really good pilot and shit. And she fucks up. 
she does something bad and then she crashes on this like remote planet somewhere and she crashes on this planet that's very anti-empire anti-first order so she's like well fuck i have to like blend in with these people so she basically has to lie and that's basically her having to deal with this lie for like the first couple of you know seasons but then like she starts to accidentally befriend some people and one of these people feels like he is destined to become a jedi so he wants to find luke skywalker so basically like kind of like the side arc is that this character like really wants to become a jedi and they don't know where luke skywalker is and they're trying to find him. So I'm still like kind of hesitant on that. But basically, you know, she's like getting along with these people and like they're going through conflicts and then she's having to lie to them, just like having to pretend that she hates something that, you know, she loves so deeply. And yeah, that's basically it so far. I mean, like, oh, cool. And uh, she wants to kill Luke. So that's her like kind of like side plan is that like if they'd find Luke Skywalker, like she like she wants to kill him. Like she doesn't know how yet because she knows he's a Jedi and she's never seen or met a Jedi. But yeah, so that's my really shitty pitch. But oh, that's not shitty. I like that. You could do some really cool stuff with that. I know, but I just reminded me how interested of yours that I'm in. What if your what is your does yours have a name? No, I'm bad with titles. I'm trying to think of something Star Wars that we can give it. Um, something with like space or star, galactic, no, interstellar, <laughs> no, um, uh, no, yeah, this is hard. Like, I, I can't even think, like, something with spy, something with a uh, rebel spot, no, because there's already rebels. Yeah, I'll try to, I'll try to come up with a name for it. That's awesome. I can't wait. But yeah, I mean, all this new shit's coming. So hell yeah, that means you're stuck with me for the next couple of years. <laughs> oh no, I'm going to have to find a way to get out of that. You're stuck with the Jar Jar jokes and the every episode would be like, I got another Borg and we're going to be at episode like 250 and like I'm going to have to move because I own so many fucking Porgs. <laughs> but. Or maybe like episode nine is gonna come and there's gonna be like a new little creature thing and then I'm gonna be like fuck the porgs I need this thing no uh I'll never I'll never. I mean there's got to be something new I know like Beverly that's what they thought with uh, Jar Jar when like they first saw him they're like this is the new Ewok <laughs> so like there was that one person in like the late 90s I got like a bunch of Jar Jar merch to find out. <laughs> Oh, but anyways, do you want to move on to our uh, top three? Sure. Hell yeah. So we got a top three topic from our good friend, Andy. And he says, hey, I got another top three for you. Top three Imperial Troopers. And he lists uh, his favorites, which are number one, Death Trooper. Number two, Shore Trooper. Number three, Stormtrooper. They're my favorites. Looking forward to yours. Thanks, Andy. Well, Emily. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Well, this is really boring because I didn't realize this, but my my top three are exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I guess I would have them in a slightly different order. I probably mine is probably Shore Trooper, Death Trooper, and then like just in number one spot is the original Stormtrooper. But yeah, I was actually I was re looking at the at the Shore Troopers today when I was thinking about this topic, and I really I really do like the design because it is it's it's quite different from the others while still being instantly recognizable as a trooper but i like sort of the the sandy colored uniform build and i like the blue on the shoulders and i think it's a really cool look and the death troopers are just cool because they're really intimidating and like they're so shiny and black and also probably part of it is that they're you know they're with mendo (laughs) but but really, I don't think you can. I don't think you can build. I don't think you can beat the classic stormtroopers. And I like. I I really do like a lot of the first order designs as well, but at the end of the day, uh, the the classic look is what I always think when I think of troopers. Yeah, I agree. My number one was also the stormtroopers because those are the classic. Like those, like me too. Like I think when I first think of stormtroopers, I think of that. Like the original. You know, because you look at, you know, the different kinds of stormtroopers, but that those ones always stand out to me because those were the first, like, things that I was, you know, introduced to as a kid to, like, what these, like, troopers were. My number two has to be the snow troopers because I just think they look creepy as hell. Like, oh, they, yeah. they look very ghostly. I couldn't imagine seeing one of those, like, on Hoth. Like, I would just, I would be really afraid knowing that my time has come because I think all those rebels on Hoth, like they, they did, they died like a lot of them on that battle. You know, they didn't know what was coming. They didn't see those at, ats. like, God, like, I wonder how scary that must've been for someone in the rebellion to see an at, at for the first time. Yeah. It wouldn't have been fun or encourage. You wouldn't like hope for your chances very much after you saw those guys. Ugh, I can't imagine like the fear like I'd really want to see like the eyes of like someone in the rebellion like fighting it's probably another good tv show pitch you know kind of someone like throughout the battles like kind of like there was that campaign battlefront 2 of this person in the empire and talking about you know major battles like I'd love to see like someone in the rebellion like and then them casually be like oh yeah there's this guy Luke Skywalker he he's pretty talented but I've been here longer than he has. But. <laughs> yeah, something was just like part of the normal like ground troops. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then him being like, yeah, like everyone keeps dying, but I'm here. And I survived that ats. I survived the Ewoks and I survived other major battles. But my number three has to be the God, what was the Mendo Trooper? Dark Trooper. Trooper, yeah, the Mendo Trooper. <laughs> Mendo Trooper, that's my favorite one because I remember watching Rogue One for the first time and like hearing them talk was so haunting. Yeah, I love it. Like they're just like, Meh. but they just seem so like overly powerful. And seeing them on Scarif, you know, basically blaze through the the people there, they are very powerful. And I would freak out if I saw one of those in the Star Wars universe. But anyways, thank you, Andy, 
for the top three. If you guys have any top three recommendations, you can email us at CantoByPod and we will share them on the podcast. Yeah, do that because we're sort of out of them right now. I know this is the first time in like ages that we've been out of top three topics. Yeah, so send us top three topics because otherwise it's going to be me like I got, I mean, I don't know. It's just going to go back to like sex or something and we already did that one. Well, we can do like another one, like top three Star Wars characters. Nope, you're right. Then we can't. We really can't. But maybe you can come up with some audience members, but no. <laughs> all right. So, all right. We have two voicemails and two emails. So, do you want to do a voicemail or an email first? It, or do you want to do it in the order sent? Let's just do it in the order sent. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay. This is this is from Jim, who writes in a lot because he's very cool and we like him. Um, and this is this is his TV movie show idea. Okay, one second because I need to cough. Okay. The blue of the planet showed through the main viewpoint of her ship as it came out of hyperspace. It was the blue orb that always told her she was home. Well, not really home, but where she currently lived. She didn't have a home, at least none she knew of. She had been born on the streets and lived her life among the stars. Beautiful. As she descended into the atmosphere, she thought about the first time she'd seen this planet. It had no life form, so at the time it had seemed a good spot to stop and rest while on the run from her recent captors. She had circled the planet and found a single chain of islands that had risen out among the waters. She felt blessed by the dense foliage that had grown up on the sand. All the better to hide my ship, she said to herself. It was only later, as she was searching the island for food, she spot the abandonment. What it was, she couldn't say, other than whatever it was had to be old. A clear remnant of what it once was, but still provided shelter and a place to hide her stolen wares. Today she had brought home a new item. This was the big score, the one that could finally mean retirement from this life. She could buy enough food to live on her island paradise for life. She carried the small item with her as she left her ship and crossed the creeks that separated her landing zone from the main buildings. She moved inside. Sorry, I lost my place. (laughs) She moved inside through in an old hatchway where the door was she didn't know and didn't care. Quickly, she moved towards the center of the old complex where she kept her home. There it was again, that word. Why do I keep using that word? She said to herself. Then she froze, seeing movement up ahead. She pulled her blaster. There'd been no life on this planet, so an animal was out of the question, but there'd also been no ships on her sensor. Slowly, she peeked her head around the corner. What was there she saw was a man, specifically a man on all fours, pulling himself up off the ground. He appeared to be unarmed, but she cautioned herself. You never knew what kind of weapon a man carried. She studied him more closely as he stood and began to take in his surroundings. He had gray hair. She caught just a whiff of blue in his eyes. Shush, Brittany, shush. His clothes appeared to be <laughs> yeah, but at one point white, but now it was sullied with dirt turning it gray. A cape like the rich man she would have met at bars hung off his back. He seemed out of place, did not seem to be someone who had been sent here to kill her. Still, she, pull, she, still, she kept her blaster at point up, and as she turned the corner, she pointed it directly at the man's head. Why are you here? she asked as she finally revealed herself around the corner. He just stared at her for a moment, then looked up at the open sky through the holes in the roof. The blue stared back at him for a moment, and then 
He turned again to look at her. Why are you here? She said again, this time more agitated. She didn't want to kill him, but if she had to, she would. I'm not sure, was his only reply, his accent again making him sound like those rich bar patrons. Well, how about who the hell are you? She asked, hoping to get something from this clearly lost man. Already pieces were forming in her head about how much ransom she could get for a man who had fallen into her lap. He stared at her with those eyes. They were clearly blear, she could tell for sure as they now as they pierced her. Then he said only two words. Director Krennic. <laughs> Star Wars, the Krennic Chronicles. Your listener, Jim. P.S. I really appreciate you reading my emails. I put myself out there sending emails into other podcasts before, only to have them not read. Aww. So the fact that you take my silly emails seriously really means a lot to me. Keep up the great work, Ezra Rocks. <laughs> oh my god. That makes me like not want to talk shit about Ezra anymore. Like that's so... You your write emails, emails, Jim. Your emails are always welcome here. Especially like, this one. This is the greatest thing. I think I, I could not stop laughing. During, I had to silently laugh. I had to do the... <laughs> but, oh my god. You guys and your writing skills. Fuck. I would watch that show. I mean, I know that's not a surprise, but I totally would. I liked how, wait, he said that he was on all fours. <laughs> oh, I really like this one a lot. Jesus. Jim, like, are you a writer? Like, what are your hobbies? Like, oh my God. Like, this is gold. Oh my God. This is very pleasing. Now I want part two. Please write part two. I'm begging you. Like, I, I... Wow. The Krennic Chronicles. But, Emily, do you have any thoughts? No, I really liked it. And I also just sort of, you could do like a cool like survival story. And also, yay, Krennic. I, I totally, I totally yay. want to put Krennic in my show. He deserves to be in a in a show. Yeah. I'm really sad that they kind of like wasted away like his character like that. He's probably not going to be on Rebels. <sighs> another sigh yeah like i love him in rogue one but i kind of wish he could have been in one of the trilogy movies so there'd be like potential for him to come back what if he has a cameo in the han solo film oh my god i'd love it i would be so happy dude i'd scream I'd... oh my god i'd be so happy <sighs> he could be a side character on my show you could have like a story arc for him he you can have a, any story arc with Mendo. Like, you can put him anywhere. Yeah. Like, he can be, like, that one character you just always see in the background for some weird reason. Yeah. <gasps> oh, 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 I could totally have him and Mothma meet. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, please. Like, if they ever meet on screen, like, I will, like, canon, like, I will die. <laughs> oh, my God, I totally got to do that. Oh. I'm going to write that in. Oh, well, thank you again, Jim, for the email. Like, thank you so much again for emailing us. Like, it means, like, so much. But we have a voicemail from our good friend, King Tom, who is also our Pablo Hidalgo. <laughs> our Pablo Hidalgo, King Tom. King of all Toms. He's the best. And we love King Tom. Yes. So I will play his voicemail when it decides to work on my phone all right all right all right 
What was with that little Matthew McConaughey? I always do the all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Matthew McConaughey movies lately. I don't know why. But anyways, to King Tom. Hi there, Emily and Brittany. King Tom here. Uh, it's been quite a momentous past 24 hours in Star Wars news. And I know uh, you ladies said on your, your Twitter you were looking for ideas for the um, the new Star Wars trilogy that will be produced, directed, written, and probably starring Ryan Johnson. I'm not complaining <laughs> about that. I'm just saying. And I got to be honest with you, when I start to think about it and I think about all the things they could do, my, my head starts to hurt, but in a good way. So um, I got something else for you. You know, the other piece of news that was announced, there's going to be a live action TV series. And, and I have an idea that I am, it, this is a Canobite dispatch exclusive just for you. Picture it. Our first episode starts five years before the events of the Phantom Menace at Cor- the Coruscant University of Science and Stuff, where we find a young Mendo not doing so great in his classes. You know, he's, well, anyway. So he kind of appropriates some of the work of other students. He cobbles it together, and he develops a device that allows him to travel through time and space. So young Mendo activates the device and travels to the Battle of Scarif, the very top of the tower, where he sees up above the Death Star and at the you know on the on the floor the top floor, older Mendo. He immediately rescues older Mendo and travels back in time to where he came from. He rehabilitates older Mendo. You know he recovers from his gunshot wounds. So you have two Mendos and a time machine. And they decide to have uh, immeasurable adventures together, but they don't want to be alone. So they each agree to bring along a friend. Young Mendo chooses his friend, Lady Young Mon Mothma. And likewise, older Mendo chooses Mon Mothma. And the ladies agree to go with them. And the four of them have wacky hijinks and... um, Adventures of immeasurable power throughout time and space in the Star Wars galaxy, we can call it. Mendo's, Mothma's, and the Time Machine. Um, what do you ladies think? Anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, have a great show and keep up the great podcast. <laughs> Why did that remind me of like something I'd get from Scooby-Doo? Like Scooby-Doo and the Adventures of the Time Machine with... Mothma and Mendo. Tom said he was going to send me something Mendo related for my birthday, and I had no idea it would be so amazing. (laughs) Because, oh, Tom, that was incredible. And yes, sign me up. I will do six seasons and a movie of that show because. That's the greatest idea of all time. Nobody's going to top it. Anything that really happens now is going to pale in comparison. So, Tom, really what you've done is ruin me for all future Star Wars. <laughs> oh, my God. I What was the name of that again? It was 
the Mundo and Mothma adventures. Mendo's and Mothma's <laughs> time travel adventures, something like that. <laughs> oh my god. How does he come up with this stuff? Like this is incredible. Like that's that's why he's royalty. Oh my god. Every person's just showing like that my movie writing skills or my television writing skills are just such shit. Like you hear yours, and then you hear King Tom's, and then Jim's. Like and mine's is just a sack of potatoes. But this is like this is like gold golden potatoes. Yours is like golden <laughs> sweet potatoes, and then Jim's is like super golden sweet potatoes with regular potatoes. So it's like a mixture of potatoes. Like that's how cool it is that's a that's a really interesting ranking system you have i'm just thinking about potatoes i had to go get some stuff for thanksgiving and it had to do a lot with potatoes and stuffing so i think that's why i love stuffing i'm not a big thanksgiving feast person so i i have mixed feelings about you know the turkey and the gravy and the and the stuffing, like I like sweet potatoes and potatoes, but I don't know. I'm weird. What do you eat during Thanksgiving? Everything. <laughs> I eat turkey and I eat mashed potatoes and I eat stuffing and I eat the cranberry jelly that slaps out of the can in the shape of the can and jiggles on the plate. Yep. And I eat um yeah, and lots of gravy. And then you sort of like have a little bit of everything on your fork and it tastes delicious. And you have green bean casserole and you have pecan pie because pumpkin pie is stupid. Wow. So am I the only person who pronounces it pecan? I think that's a regional thing. I know a lot of I know a lot of Southerners who say pecan. Yeah, like I just noticed that, you know, my mom says pecan and I'm like, it's fucking pecan. She's from. I live in California, so I don't know why. Like I'm, I'm getting all these accents, but with pecan pie. But I don't know. I like pumpkin pie. Ugh. I, I don't like cinnamon. Oh, I feel you. I think that's why I hate Fireball so much. Cinnamon's the devil. But pumpkin. I love pumpkin. But fuck those pumpkin spice lattes and frappuccinos from Starbucks. Fuck those. I like the smell of pumpkin pie. Like I have I've had like pumpkin pie scented candles before and I really like that. Like it's warm and inviting, but it's not something that I want to put into my mouth. It's warm and inviting and I don't want to put it into my mouth. Yeah. Which Star Wars character do you think cooks the best Thanksgiving meal? That is not the question I thought you were gonna ask. <laughs> what did you think I was gonna ask? I really, because we were just talking about putting things in your mouth, and it was in my mind. It's just, well, wait, in the gutter, in the gutter comes. Answer the question that you thought I was gonna ask. Actually, no. Tell me the question you thought I was gonna ask, and then answer that first. I, I genuinely thought it was gonna be what Star Wars character do you most want to put in your mouth? All right, and then what's your answer? You know the answer to that. <laughs> Everyone, everyone who has heard the podcast for more than five minutes knows the answer to that. I mean, yeah, but you never know. Like, you can have, like, you know, side piece Paul over here. 
I guess there's Paul in Star Wars now. I was but- going to say Paul, <laughs> the favorite Star Wars character, Paul. Everybody's favorite, Paul. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, who else do you? Well, wait, let me, I can answer that question for you because we go back to episode two. Your time machine, work back to episode two. All right, Emily, who are your top three? Hi, I'm Emily. <laughs> My top three. You said uh, Mendo, Mothma, and then fuck, I forgot the third. Who's the third? Tarkin. Fuck! Tarkin! (laughs) I knew it. It was on the tip of my tongue. The tip of my tongue. But yeah, I mean, who knows? Like, maybe Tarkin would be it. Like, but, anyways, back to unfortunately appropriate anyway, stuff yeah anyway that wasn't your question <laughs> what what was the question um oh well, it was, who would uh, make the best who would make the best yeah i mean nobody nobody really strikes me as much as a, a as much of a cook what about aunt Baru? yeah she probably makes like really like like rib sticking kind of food you know Maybe Shmi even too, because you know I know Anakin missed his mother for like obvious reasons, but maybe he also missed her because she made like a good bantha soup or some shit. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe Chewbacca's a really good cook. Like he'd have to wear like one massive hairnet, but <laughs> but maybe Chewbacca like yeah, like Chewbacca makes really good, like hearty, like a pot pie or something. Oh yeah, or something like really fattening and good, and you eat it, and you like don't realize that like you, the only bite you have of it, it's like fifteen hundred calories. And Chewbacca's like, oh yeah, that's a common meal. Apparently, that's what Chewbacca sounds like. That's a really good Chewbacca impression. <laughs> it's a common meal of my family. Oh, but I mean, Lando has really good cooks who work for him. Yeah. That's I true. mean, he might he might betray you when you show up for Thanksgiving dinner. But at least he'll give you some good meals. Yeah. Hmm. Well, back to Star Wars. <sighs> Thank you, King Tom, for your beautiful... The greatest idea of all time. Of all time. The greatest idea. So, our next email is from Mike, Mike G. And he's a he's a listener of ours. He's awesome. If you I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast also listen to Rogue One and Podcast for Winners. He guest hosted on it and he did a really good job and it was a really great podcast. So I de- definitely recommend you all listen to Rogue One because of Mike and because of, you know, it's a good podcast. So hell yeah. So he titles this email Ryan Johnson trilogy and TV show ideas. Hi, Emily and Brittany. I think it's safe to say that most fans are, like me, still buzzing about the news that Ryan Johnson will be the creative force behind a totally original trilogy that will finally move beyond the Skywalker saga and explore the untapped potential of the Star Wars galaxy. The key words that stood out to me in the press release were corner of the galaxy that Star Wars lore has never been explored. This means they will probably stay away from the older public area or era. <laughs> Sorry, fanboys. Since Ryan Johnson is too creative writer to be shackled to existing material, even as inspiration. My guess, and it's even been said by many others, that he will explore the origins of the Jedi and discovery of the Force. 
If you've seen Looper, you might get an inkling of the type of origin story he could craft, and it might be set in the midst of an existing galactic conflict, much as the other trilogies have been. These are Star Wars, after all. The first Jedi has never been canonically named or explored, so this seems like a no-brainer to me. As for the TV series, my prediction is that they finally mine the hundreds of scripts and original material they have planned to use for the Star Wars Underworld and 1313 projects. I think the Jedi will be a reference to the series, but not a focus. Too much Rebels feels wrong to me because I always feel like there should be no Jedi in the series. The idea pitch for me would be following from an anthology format of many arcs like the Clone Wars. It would revolve around either specific world like Horizon or Tatooine, with which we are already familiar, or a crew of individuals they make their way through adventures around the galaxy, thinking Firefly or Star Trek. Anyways, that's my two cents. Thanks for the awesome Star Wars content every week, and may the Force be with you. Mike G. Aw. Thank you, Mike, for the email. And yes, I was going to include in my like little thing that bringing back 1313 would be such a great idea. And I don't know. Like, I feel like that almost happened. And, you know, there are good ideas from that. But Emily, what do you think? Yeah, that was something that was really like the, the most of it is there, the 1313 and the underworld stuff. Like there was a lot of really cool potential there. I, th- I think mine it carefully because... Also, from what I read, there's some really stupid fucking shit in there, like how it was going to turn out that like the reason Palpatine went evil is because some woman broke his heart or something (laughs) like that. And you can go straight to fucking yourself because holy shit, is that stupid and annoying? Oh, my God. But I forgot kind of like the main premise of 1313 like honestly i didn't even know that 1313 existed until i was listening to making star wars is now this is podcasting so i know that it's like the very lower level of curzon it's basically like you know bounty hunter ish people am i correct I'm Emily. I forgot to unmute the mic. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Emily. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm so sorry, you guys. This fucking cough is killing me. I'm sorry, Emily. Um, I'm killing you. I, I didn't mean to. No, 1313. Okay. It was a, it was going to be a LucasArts game. It was like a, it was a bounty hunter set in like this. I think it was actually going to be Boba Fett, but it was set like in this, underground city basically on Coruscant and it was going to be like pretty pretty gritty and dark and it was going to be like an action adventure shooter type game I think Hmm. but could have been pretty cool and then got canceled (sighs) just like that this real game that was rumored but god I feel like all these like great things were just like end up being canceled but I mean yeah like that's a really good idea like I feel like this is a great time for Star Wars fans right now because we we're sharing like our ideas with each other because you know the news of you know new trilogy, new TV show like I love it like we're all like bonding over ideas and everything and we're we're like cheering each other on like yeah that's a good idea I wish that would happen and then we sit there and think oh my god like I want that to happen and thinking all the the thoughts and scenarios with that like me and Emily's story. I definitely agree that, you know, having something to do with, like, the origins of the Jedi and, like, you know, discovering the Force, like, I think it'd be really cool to see, like, the first 
time like someone uses the force and them being like freaked out or like amused by it. I was like in in the the X-Men movies when you see characters uh powers coming in for the first time and just like the way they react to them. And I think you could do something really cool there. Yeah, man. Like, it would have been really interesting if, like, you know, the first, like, couple of Jedi were like, oh, yeah. Like, they give each other a name and, like, people, like, act like they're, like, the Antichrist or something. Or, like, act like they're, they're, like, evil or, like, full of, you know, we need to destroy these people. Like, that'd be really interesting. What? Oh, my God. You know what would be awesome? What? Is... You could have it because I'm sure like when people were first, you, you'd have sort of these parallels of of people discovering both the light side and the dark side of the force. So you could get somebody who was on the dark side who like set themselves up basically as like a cult leader. Oh, my God. And you could have this really like dark religious aspect to it. Oh, my God. Wow. Like, I don't know how much about the origins of the Sith we know, but also it doesn't really matter because that, like, if there is origin of the Sith stuff, it's it's got to be EU. So it all got wiped out. But I think you could do something really cool there. That is a good idea. Like, the religious, like, adding, like, you know, like, mythology, religion to that. Oh, my God. Yeah, because you could basically have somebody, like, setting themselves up as, like, a, as, like, a god or at least like a, a conduit for the gods or something, like claiming that's what this power is. Wow. God, like this reminds me, like I was so like kind of nervous, like recording this episode because I know my ideas are shit. Like when I like really love something and like try to create ideas for it, I already know they're going to be shit because I think that's why I love Star Wars so much because it's something that, you know, I never thought I would like, you know, as a kid, you know, I grew up watching Disney movies and all that shit. And then having go from that to like, you know, people fighting in space, you know, with like lightsabers, like it's just something that for me, like I can't like think of a story arc because if I think about a story arc for it, then like it's it kind of like. I don't know, like defeats my, not defeats my interest, but like kind of like, okay, yeah, like I already know what's going to happen. Like, I think I just like, you know, the unpredictability of Star Wars so much that when I think about, you know, having to write something for it, I'm like, I don't want to fuck it up. Like, I can't imagine like what (laughs) writers go through when they're, you know, creating content for Star Wars. Like It amazes me. Like, you know, big fans, you know, like J.J. Abrams, you know, he basically grew up watching something that he loves so much. And then like, 40 years later he has to write a movie for it like oh my god like i can't imagine what was going through his head like just like he doesn't want to mess it up and he wants to you know make the fans proud yeah it's a lot of responsibility yeah and i'm a terrible storyteller too or writer i can story writer i can i can tell some good stories like my my very popular one from last week so (laughs) (laughs) yeah people really like that story (sighs) yeah i have to go to class tomorrow and i'm excited to to see everyone. Maybe maybe somebody else can embarrass themselves horribly and distract from it. Um, yeah, I don't think so. I, I think that's like possibly the worst thing that could ever happen to <laughs> like I should have known. Like it's basically a public health class. That's something like would like that would be, you know, because I was talking to one of my friends about my experience and she said that she, you know, she did class like that too, and she had to wear like a pregnancy stomach like the whole class or something. And I'm like, that would have been better than putting a condom on a fake penis. So, but you know, 
Oh, and if you don't know what, you're, what I'm talking about, listen to the last episode. And I swear to God, like you will laugh that you will laugh or feel bad for me or both. <laughs> I think both. Oh, man. Yeah. My brother keeps like talking about that story. And like, I just not I do not want to tell my dad because I just feel like telling my dad having to do with me putting a condom on something. It's just not a great story. So he, he always asks like, oh, like, what'd you do in your class today? And I'm like, oh, nothing. And Rusty's like, oh, yeah, she did some stuff the other day. And dad's like, what? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> oh, Rusty. Oh, but speaking of Rusty, we have a voicemail from him that I haven't listened to yet because he got really excited and he went into the garage and he was recording uh, voicemails for like different podcasts, I think. So. And he. uh he titled the the email lightsabers because he has those FX lightsabers, and he just like uh, made like a little thing in his room. He like hung a ball, hung him a ball on his wall. So, oh yeah. nice. So yeah, uh, here is uh, Rusty's email or voicemail. Hey, Canto Bite Dispatch. How you doing? It's your guy, Rusty, here. And I just want to say that you guys have been doing a great job with the show and everything. And so I just had one question for you guys. I just want to know what happened to the lightsabers after Order 66. Did they burn them? Did they give them to Darth Vader? Did they give them to Darth Sidious? And I, I hope you guys can answer this. Have a good show. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> okay, first off... <laughs> Rusty is definitely inspired by King Tom voicemails because I got like, hey guys, it's Rusty. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's okay because my like doing the business and stuff is totally just like my cadence is totally ripped off Haas on Blue (laughs) Harvest. So, oh man, but I can answer this question because it was in a comic where remember there was like a Darth Vader comic. Yeah, and basically they had this whole like ritual where like they had a bunch of uh, lightsabers in the fire, and they're like the Jedi, they're evil and shit, and everyone's like, yeah, fuck the Jedi. And then Sidious was with Darth Vader, like on like a ledge somewhere, and they're like, you see this? They think of this of the Jedi now, they're evil. And then like they were burning the lightsabers, and Vader's like, yeah, they're evil. And then he's like, oh yeah, you need a lightsaber to uh, or a crystal to like bleed it so that you have your own lightsaber. But you can't use any of these. Like you have to actually kill a Jedi. Vader's like, oh fuck. So, I guess that answers your question, Rusty. They just destroyed them all. Yeah, they like burnt them or something. Or like, oh, yeah, I mean, like they. I think they destroyed them because I don't know how fire reacts to lightsabers. It probably does. Like, because I wonder what kind of material you use to create a lightsaber. Like, I know that you know most of it's like metalish shit. Sometimes wood, because in the Clone Wars, there was, like, someone that had, like, a wooden saber-ish thing. Oh, cool. It seems like a big waste. Yeah, but what else would they do with those lightsabers? Like, maybe, like... I don't know, like, keep them as trophies? Or they would have used the crystals and helped with the Death Star. Because even though those crystals were so tiny going into, you know, the lightsaber, you know, every little crystal counts for that Death Star. I mean, it seems like you could at least like have used them for research or something, like all the all the research that uh, that Galen was doing when they were trying when he was trying to to like synthesize the crystals. Like that was a project he was doing in Catalyst. 
Yeah, and they even burned up Yoda's. Like, you would think that someone like Jedi Master Yoda, they would, like, keep his saber or, or like, you know, put it in a museum or something. Same with, uh, you know, different, like, slain Jedi. But I guess, like, they've... Oh, shit. What? If they're, like, a... I mean, it seems like there would be, considering how the Imperials work. There is probably, like, a like a Imperial History Museum somewhere. That's like a whole like big, huge, like propaganda thing, dude. Oh, man, that'd be awesome to see. I know. Hopefully, you know, we get that in some Star Wars material because there has to be museums like in Star Wars, you know, like, you know, the Jedi probably have them to look at, you know, old artifacts from like, you know, the old Republic and everything to, you know, even like the Empire or the the resistance looking at, you know, old like empire even like war like you know here in the states we have you know war memorials and everything so yeah i'd i'd love a because you know sometimes they do sort of they do books that are kind of like in universe books yeah. like they did that that book of like propaganda art and stuff like that if you could do like an in universe like imperial school history textbook where you're seeing how the Empire described like the Jedi and and the and the Clone Wars and stuff. I would love to see that. I love that, you know, different points of views of like certain characters. Like, fuck. All these ideas. I love it. But Anyways. Yes, please let me write something, Star Wars. Yes. But anyways, Rusty, thank you. Uh... Rusty, thanks for the voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> That's very efficient. He said you're welcome. <laughs> oh, oh, very briefly, because I won't remember them by next week. I did watch two episodes of, of The Clone Wars. It was two episodes. They were where they were went, went to destroy this droid factory on genosis oh and kiati was in there everybody's favorite key cockhead only jedi master that can crush balls cockhead anyway okay yeah man i really hope everybody listens to blue harvester that's gonna be some (laughs) weird shit to hear anyway you should listen to blue harvest if you don't um but yeah it was mostly lots of battles. There was lots and lots of fighting. That's good. And there was, what's that lady's name? Undula? Undula? Luminara Unduli. Unduli. Okay, yeah. She was in there with her um, Padawan, and she and um, Ahsoka got in trouble together and were about to suffocate, but then Ahsoka managed to signal to Anakin, and they were saved, and everybody was happy. And they destroyed the big, like, factory. It's sort of hard, like, yeah, it's might as well that we didn't really talk about it much, because it's it's almost entirely battle sequences. Oh, okay. Well, then that's good. And, yeah. And some nice, like, you know, Anakin's never going to give up on Ahsoka sort of, like, sappy shit. So... (laughs) Weren't they doing, like, the episode, like, the, oh, I killed 72 people, and Anakin's like, I killed 78, and then Keanu was like, well, I killed 103. Yeah. 
And then it, they actually, I, I mean, I fucking hated that part of it when they were like comparing numbers because it seemed, I don't know, they were just so blasé about every, like, including like all the, like, including how many clone troopers die in this episode. They're so, they just sort of wave it off. I mean, at least the droids are just droids. But Kiati is like, what's my prize? And Anakin's just like, you have my respect. And, like, <laughs> and then the episode ends. <laughs> And, and there's this second where Kiati looks so fucking disappointed. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Anyway, yeah, The Clone Wars, I'm still watching it. I watched those today. It's good. I'm glad that you're keeping up with The the Clone yeah. Wars. Yeah. Like, every time we go to watch it, I'm like, oh, I gotta watch this now. And then sometimes I enjoy it, and sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I gotta keep watching this. Yeah. I mean, at least, like, you're enjoying some more more episodes so that's good yeah i need they need i need some like more ventress or something Eh, that'll come soon yeah or cad bane or just somebody who is more interesting than the roger roger droids because i don't i don't particularly they're boring (laughs) i love how they have like personalities yeah but they're all the same personality yeah i guess like they're all the same but they're different it's like when you go to the store and you see a bunch of porgs, but you can only buy one and you have to like kind of choose throughout like all the porgs because it's like they're all the same, but like some of them are different. Like, you know, one of them has like a little like piece of fabric on his head that like looks kind of cute. And like the other one's like eye is bigger than the other one. So that one's kind of funny looking. So you know, the, I guess how the droids are like that. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Alrighty. Is that the show? Do you have anything to say about Rebels? Did anything happen on Rebels? Oh. Yeah, kind <laughs> of. I mean, the one big thing that happened in Rebels is that Kanan and Hera finally kissed. Yes. Yes. Yes, I love them and their like coy, terribly secret relationship because it's so obvious. But yet, like it's been kind of cheesy the last couple episodes, though, because Kanan's like, oh, what are we? What are we? And Hera's like, I'm working. Fuck off. And then finally she's like, hey, and then she kisses him and then everyone's like, but yeah, good, good episode. There were two episodes. That one was really good. And then the one after that was like really bad. So. That's all I got to say. I mean, Ezra wasn't bad. Like, he said some... Sp- he actually wasn't bad? Or you're just saying that because Jim's nice email? No, I mean, like, he was very useful this episode. So... Oh, okay. Like, you know, he helped with, like, the Loth Wolves and everything. And then, like, one of them said Doom again. And then Kanan's like, oh, yeah, I used to be Kanan... Or I used to be uh, Caleb Doom. That was my name. And I was like, oh, cool. And then, like, the episode ended. But, yeah... I mean, good episodes. Like, glad that Hera and Kanan finally, you know, shared their emotion on screen. It was a very passionate kiss. I think that's, like, the first, like, uh, inter- not interspecies, but, like, a uh, kiss from, like, a human and a... Uh, yeah, that'd be interspecies. Interspecies, yeah. So, that's really awesome. And I really enjoy both of those characters. So I'm really happy that happened. Because the little romantic in, in me. 
was like crying inside of tears of joy because I love that shit. I love that terrible romance crap because, <sighs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, okay, episodes. Tomorrow's the uh, mid-season finale. So I'll talk about that next week. Alrighty. But yeah, other than that, um, I don't think we have any more news, surprisingly. Or I'm forgetting about something because that always happens for some reason. But yeah. Um, I don't think there's any news, but the Blue Harvest Holiday special is out on Bandcamp. And the money for that goes to the Kessel Toy Run, which is collecting toys to give to kids in hospital over the holidays. So check that out. It's Haas and Will from Blue Harvest. And they're also, there's lots of uh, other people on there. Uh, Steel's on there. King Tom's on there. Um, Eric Struthers, like some cool music on there. It's like, I think it's like four and a half hours. Um, I haven't had a chance to listen to it all yet, but the stuff that I have listened to is great. I highly recommend that. It's only $4 and your money goes to a really good cause. Yes, I highly recommend that. And, you know, donating, you know, unopened toys or, you know, through Amazon to the Kessel Toy Run. I did that on Saturday night. I picked out some toys from, you know, their their list and uh, I uh, sent them. And, you know, it's something that is awesome and, you know, you're helping out kids. So I definitely recommend that, you know, making someone else's Christmas like just so much like better than than it is now. Yeah. And it is blueharvestpodcast.bandcamp.com. That is where you can find that or follow on Twitter at the the Castle Toy Run. Yes. 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 And you should send us email or voicemails and you should definitely send us top three suggestions and you can do that at cantobitepod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at cantobitepod. You can also follow us on Instagram at cantobitepod. You should rate and review us on iTunes because that helps us out a whole lot. It's a very nice thing that you can do. You know, it takes, you know, a couple minutes. Just do it. Write nice things about us and we'll, we'll be very grateful and love you forever. Yes. Yes. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. That's at E-F-L-I-N-D. How about you, Brittany? You can follow me on Twitter as CantoBrit and Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. Well, guys, thanks for listening. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Next we'll, week. we'll yell at you guys or talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>